the sweet sounds on the keyboards of the great great steve winwood the low spark of high heeled boys from traffic back in 1971 good evening everybody i'm your host dj san marco it's life mma in the nba with a special ufo episode which we have brought in an amazing guest one of my colleagues from yoga uh kundalini yogi and uh apparently uh dolores cannon hypnotist uh devin roberts hello devin are you there my dear yes i am and i'm so excited to be here thank you so much for inviting me uh it is it is our honor and you know because somebody like you is coming on you know i couldn't just do this myself i had to bring in some backup you know because i i I didn't want to go to a gang fight by myself so i i I traversed the coast i went to la and i brought in my man my cuban brother from la luis jimenez hey man what's shaking Good evening, sir. Luis, your hair looks great, but that's beside the point. Uh, and from, and Dan, <laughs> where, Dan, where are you from? I'm from the middle of Tennessee, so no. I'm a mid-Tennessee resident, uh, And but I'm from Georgia. I was born and raised in Atlanta. Uh, I'm, I'm a migrant of some sort. And you are yeah, a we fre- all are. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? And he's a frequent vacationer down here at 38, so... Uh, I will be able to see Dan and uh, have a beer with them. So, so yes, Devin, we brought in some people that I highly regard uh, that follow uh, the UFO topic quite closely uh, to hear your story. And just to give the audience a very basic of, of what happened, essentially, um, I was looking to relive my experience that a friend and I had a sighting from back in about 1983 in the Hudson Valley of New York. And I was looking for a hypnotist, and lo and behold, one of my colleagues, it's so, Devin, are you there? I can't see you. Yes, I'm here, yeah. I'm right here. I know, I think it's really dark because I'm out on my porch, but I'm like, I'm really here. Uh, (laughs) We're looking into the abyss. Can you go like this, Devin? I know, right? And then, like, all you see is, like, turban (laughs) and, like... It's just two eyes and a turban. That's all I've got for you guys. <laughs> so my my beautiful colleague uh, from Roots uh, Yoga, uh, Roots Shop Yoga in Fort Walton Beach, Devin Roberts, and she told me that um, she is in fact a hypnotist, and she has in fact had not w- one abduction, but more than one. Um, Yes, it's happened to me several times. Um, There was one that was just incredibly vivid that really kind of like woke me up to what it was. Um, And then, you know, the other ones that happened, um, some of them had happened uh, before I started kind of researching, you know, what abductions are like and, and researching like what contact with UFOs is like. Um, and so I really didn't realize that that's what was going on and it kind of freaked me out. Um, but I ultimately got into um, Dolores Cannon's work, you know, after having some of these experiences and read several of her books and it explained so much and it was such a big relief as well to understand you know what was going on and just to understand um that you know my body wasn't being like harmed or abused or anything like that that it was actually something that was very loving um and kind of made me feel special you know in a way to be like not alone you know in this universe so yeah 
<laughs> well, let me, what I want to do uh, to, to organize this is I want to move right to left on my screen. So I'm going to give uh, uh, Luis the first question, Dan the second, and I'll go third. So Luis, please take it away, my friend. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know I was going to be the one asking the questions. Oh, um, we all, yeah. So, this is a discussion. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, I, I'm, I, I'm always coming from the preface of, you know, on my show, I'd like to concentrate on, on the things that I can bring to a senator. But there is this aspect of things that I can't explain. I don't know what the hell is going on. And there are some very real visceral experiences that are happening on a on a pretty big scale from what I can understand. Um, I can't say, well, I don't believe you because that's a that's a crazy thing for me to say because I've seen one of these craft in operation very close to me. So so I have no idea what was in that craft. Um, but I also know that it's it's a memory. And for me, I always I never leave with my experience only because, um, you know, my experience is weird. It's crazy. It's re- it's 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 hard for me to wrap my noodle around it. So I it's I can't expect somebody who's never had an experience to be like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I can relate to that because <laughs> there's no way they'll be able to. It's impossible. Um, so. But even with all of that said, I think these experiences are important. They're they're important to document. They're important to talk about. I'm I mean I got to give my hats off to you just to have the bravery to say this stuff out loud is I'm sure took you, you years to get to this point. You know, so so that's that's the positive about it. And and I'm glad that you seeked out some help and that you got some answers that at least put your mind at ease. And, and maybe that helps you get on with your life because <laughs> you, know, you are a, a human in the American, you know, society and we've got to go to work. We've got to pay bills, you know, and, and I, I can't even imagine what it's like living with that in the back of your brain. So how do you do that? How do you function every day? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you wake up and go and that not be the first thing you think about, you know, (laughs) that should happen. Like, like, (laughs) is it it gotten to a point where you wake up and you're just like, you know, I brush my teeth. You don't even think about it. Or is that at the front of your thoughts every day? And how long ago did this happen? So I would say like the first time I got abducted was maybe like five or six years ago. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely had like plenty of time to integrate. And yeah, it's actually interesting. It's definitely not the first thing that I think about, you know, when I wake up in the morning and um, it's like, it's not even necessarily something that I think about very often or like, um, kind of think is some kind of like unique, strange thing going on in my life. I think because like my kind of third eye opening is just so deeply integrated into my life like my perception on myself is that i'm just a regular person living a normal life yeah. you know i like when it first happened i was like wow this is like really unique and interesting and um incredibly exciting like um you know the first time i had 
like kind of referring to like my most like vivid abduction, it was a very euphoric experience. And the euphoria lasted for, you know, like days afterwards. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fortunate too that, I mean, I, in the past four or five years, I haven't been somebody who's had kind of like a regular job. I'm not a public figure. Right. Um, I haven't really been um, around, you know, too many people who would find it too crazy. And so my environment in my life is kind of already set up in a way where, you know, if I do tell people about it, um, you know, for the most part, people are like, okay, yeah, like, and, and they can yeah. like fathom it because we're all kind of like on that wave. Um, I mean, there definitely has been people who I've told who are like, um, like, are you serious? But, you know, yeah. I, you, you just kind of like, you figure out, like, you know, beforehand, like who to tell and who not to tell. Like, I remember I like right afterwards, like I wanted to start telling my family about my spiritual awakening right. and they are like all atheist. And so I just kind of realized like, okay, like this is not my audience, you know, and right. it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they're good people, you know? It's like my sister, like she doesn't even believe that we have a soul, but I swear to God, she's doing God's work every day. You wow. know, she like works with disabled children. I mean, she's just an angel on earth, but she doesn't share in the kind of like spiritual things that I'm yeah. into. So, you well, know. But then again, I mean, <laughs> I feel like she's not tapping that third eye probably though, as much as you are doing yoga every day. So no, it, it's you, weird you, because like she is, cause she yeah. follows her heart you know and so no, it's, for it's sure so but she's not i yeah. feel like she's not doing it as her job like she's doing that subconsciously but i mean i would assume you know she like just based on what you said she's like she doesn't believe people have souls but yet she's doing god's mm -hmm. work like she's doing this amazing you know uh uh selfless thing that is to take care of somebody disabled so you know she doesn't think those people have souls that's a crazy that's wild to me uh uh but that that you know she's she's actually she she is but she doesn't realize it i find that funny um yeah what, what you, i think's funny is that like yeah. devin wakes up and thinks wow like my kombucha has no more gas left i'll throw it out and Luis would be thinking holy shit i was abducted i can't believe it <laughs> yeah yeah no well I'm, I'm i you know Here's the thing, the more I talk about this, the more I learn, and especially the more I talk to really high level officials that have to do with this kind of stuff, the more I tend to believe things that, you know, uh, Devin is saying, because they're tapping into a different consciousness, a different level of, of thinking and being. And I know just, you know, I've had meditative states and those meditative states have been just the tip of the iceberg, I think, as far as me meditating. Yeah. Um, but they are visceral. They're very powerful. And there's something to that. And the closer I, I, I don't say the closer I'm getting to the answers because nobody has the answers. But the, the more I learn, I feel like that there is this, I want to say spiritual element, but it's definitely... Um, interdimensional of some kind it's 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 able to to tap into a lot of things like Lou Elizondo was saying you know a hundred years ago our vision was just basically things we can see with our two the aperture eyes. the aperture right, right the aperture and as we get technology 
that that aperture is now starting to tighten and focus on really all of these invisible things infrared you know uh, you know cell phone signals like all of these things we can't see but we know they're there so this is sort of the same kind of idea that you know we're 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 sort of the early explorers exploring the vast oceans and we see a whale we've never seen one of those things and when we get back to land we start telling people about whales and how big and monstrous and scary they are and then a hundred years later we figure out whales are the most gentle creatures in some cases on the planet like so man that's just wild so i i i'm you seem like a very level-headed person just based off of the 10 minute interaction we've had so far <laughs> but I, I wonder if, you, if if no because I, I'm sure yeah. you like to hear that like yeah. you, you're articulating yourself very well I when I when he told when DJ told me that I was gonna be talking to an abductee I kind of was like oh man <laughs> you know like because sometimes these stories can get very crazy and difficult to deal with and you don't want to write anybody off but like yeah. I like that you're saying you know like hey I approached my family and this just was not my audience you know like, and, and that you can you can understand that and sort of step back and have a laugh about it because what else can you do it's completely yeah. out of your control and yeah. with that with that let's get the story let's get uh, the most vivid of them because you were the one thing you mentioned on the phone uh earlier today is you said i saw a craft and i knew it was coming for me and i stopped you right there and said can we get you on the podcast is that, is that where we left off, basically? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll give you guys the full scoop. So I am from California originally. I live now in Florida. And, um, wow, we just switched happened. spots. I was in Florida, <laughs> and now I live in California. Yeah. And, and I did the same, California to Florida. To Florida. Yeah. So, yeah. so wild. Yep. So um, this was, so I had already moved here to Florida and I was living in Phantom City and then um, I had to get more stuff from California and um, a friend of mine wanted me to like help him with some work and stuff. So I was back in Boulder Creek, California, um, living in his house in the mountains um, for about a month um, before I, you know, drove back to Florida again and um, it occurred while I was there. So to give you a little bit of like context in my life, um, you know, what was going on at the time, but when I moved to Florida, like right before I moved to Florida, I had just gotten sober off of, um, you know, recreational drugs and a ton of psychiatric medication. I'd had Lyme disease and um, healed from it. And so um, I had kind of like hit my rock bottom and was on my way up. But when I was withdrawing from all of the drugs, I had a huge, massive pineal glands awakening. Um, that was very, very jarring for me. And um, even even after healing from the Lyme disease, I was still suffering from some health problems um, and they were occurring while I was there in Boulder Creek. And I had been hearing, you know, just I had been seeing things online that like aliens were real and, you know, that aliens can help you, you know, if you need to like call out to somebody like on the spiritual end. And so one night I was like, okay, like if y'all are out here, like I need help because like I'm suffering with these kind of health things still. Um, so, you know, if, if you're out here, I'm calling on you, you know, 
show me what's up um, is like more or less what I said. And then I went to bed that night and nothing happened. And I woke up and I worked throughout the day. And then that night I was looking out of um, my window and I was in, you know, like I said, Boulder Creek in this mountain house and there's an airport with planes that fly over. And so that's usually what I see when I look out the window. But this time I saw very distinctly a craft. Um, it had green, red and blue lights basically oscillating around it. Um, and I couldn't see the shape of the thing, but I was sure that it was circular because of the direction of the oscillation of the lights. And immediately when I saw it, it was like I felt this like, like it just amazing excitement and like thrill within. And I was like, it's coming for me. And I get chills, like just as I'm telling you this, cause like, I just knew. Um, and so for some reason, I don't know how I knew exactly what to do, which was to just lay down in the bed and, and wait. And basically when I'm telling you that I recall this, I really feel like I was awake the entire time. I do not feel like I went to sleep, even though it would seem like maybe I was dreaming this up. So I lay down in the bed and basically the ceiling of the room kind of dissipates and becomes the night sky. And the craft floats above me and I lift up, basically levitating into the craft. And then I'm in a bed on the craft. And then what they do, I couldn't see them, you know, the aliens, um, they were invisible to me. But what they did is like, you know what the dentist's office when they have that, um, that circular light that they like put above your face, they basically did that except it wasn't a light, it was like an oval screen that began to show me all of these constellations. Now, I want you guys to understand something, I have done a lot of drugs in my life, like a lot of really, really hard hard drugs I've gotten really really high and there has I have never had a high like this one it was like the most amazing pure ecstasy that I had ever felt in my entire life as I was watching these lights and these constellations that were moving in front of me um, it was like the most beautiful beautiful thing and so then at a certain point, like after a couple minutes, it felt like that kind of like light um, thing was over, that light process of showing me those things. And um, they like came up to my right side and they handed me this thing that was like, it just felt like this like round phone that I held up to my ear. And I used that to um, telepathically communicate with um, one of the aliens that was there. and. I knew he was on the phone and it was very, it was a very interesting feeling. Like, I don't know if you're like, if you've ever been in middle school and you like get to talk to your crush on the phone, like they finally call you, but that's how it mm. felt. Like I was like excited and like, I was just so happy. And I was like, I, the first thing I said was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I was like, I did not believe that you would come to be totally honest, but thank you for being here and, 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 you know, doing whatever you just did to me. And I was like, so what did you do? And um, the, the entity said, um, we cleared out your lower three chakras because they were seriously imbalanced. So we put them back in balance. Um, so you're gonna have an easier time with the you know health things that you've been struggling with. And so I was like, thank you. And then I was like, what is your name? Um, and the entity said, Michael. Um, and oh. I had already kind of felt that it was a like male presence there. Um, you know, it's kind of like, um, 
it felt like being in the presence of like Jesus or, you know, just like one of their like really, really high masters. And I now believe that it was probably Archangel Michael, who I believe is also basically like an alien or another entity. Um, and then, so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of in the bed and we're, we're basically done talking um, and the phone kind of dissipates from out of my hand. And I'm looking around the spaceship and it kind of looks like this like big round kind of metal hospital room and I'm still laying there on the bed and I hear like you know when you're in the hospital and they have the heart monitor thing and it's like a beep 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 and then um my mother walks in the room and starts to rub my leg which is something that she always did to me when I was in the hospital now mind you when I was living in this house in Boulder Creek that's not my mom's house my mom lives in Oakland she was not there she was not present I actually wasn't even in contact with her at this time and so it was very interesting that she was present for this kind of spaceship experience um and she starts rubbing my leg to wake me up and I basically float back down you know into my regular bed um, the ceiling reforms um, into its its normal physical ceiling self. And that was the end of my experience. And then I ran, you know, in the other bedroom, you know, to the guy who owned the house. And I was like, Brent, you have to wake up. Like, you won't believe what just happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah, like, go back to bed. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, this guy is like really, really open-minded. Like, I thought he would be like the first one to believe me, but he was like, look, I'm trying to sleep, sweetie. Like, um, can you not right now? And mm. so, yeah, I I don't think he believes me. Um, but yeah, so that, that was basically how that happened. All right, so uh, what you said in the very beginning of your story, immediately triggered a similarity to another story that is incredibly famous and that's the Chris Bledsoe story. He had oh. Crohn's disease. He had a lot of health problems. He was he was starting to fall on financial hard times yeah. and he did exactly what you just described. He went out by himself one time and basically said what you guys might know it's uh, take me or, or kill me or heal me is what he told him. Like he basically yeah. had reached his wits end and yeah. reached out to the universe and then light started showing up and yeah. that's when his experience started. So I that makes me want to like, as, as you're saying this, like so many chills. Like So if, if you listen to his story, you're going to hear some similarities to what you have just described. So uh, yeah. it, that's, it's also something I wanted to touch on before I get into my question is yeah. I hope that you realize that what you're doing right now is helping to remove the stigma associated with this topic. Just talking about it is the way that you defeat it. Thank you. It's a problem that's been going on a long time. And what I hope comes out of this conversation is that someone else feels comfortable having this conversation with their family, with yeah. podcasters, with whoever, with just a guy on a subway. Yeah. What you're doing is how we overcome the stigma. It's the a rising tide lifts all boats uh, approach to it. So, so thank you for doing that. Um, yeah. What I'm what I'm going to pick up on in your story in particular is the emotional um, front end of it. Did your other encounters also have like an emotion where you had an emotional peak in your life at the time that the other ones occurred? Is do you think that's a possible trigger for what what happened? Um, you know, the other ones that occurred, I can't really say that it was. Um, 
as emotional as that time because like I said, like it just kind of became like a part of my life. So when I went back to Panama City, I, you know, I had a lot of alone time at this time in my life. Um, I was going through some things with my confidence where I was actually like so unconfident that I like didn't speak to anyone except for like, you know, the like um, maintenance guy who like, you know, comes to the apartment. Um, so I, I just was really alone in my apartment all the time, um, you know, working on like making clothes and things like that. And so, you know, when they would come to visit, it was just like, okay, you know, like I, it, like it was just this kind of like normal thing. Like I knew that they had to do kind of like work on my body and things like that. And like, there was definitely like, like I felt like some excitement there and some love there definitely because like they would take me to different classes and like teach me different things. And then, you know, they would take me and put me in these like spinning machines. And then, you know, there was one time where, um, you know, I had gotten abducted and the, the alien had to like stick some things like in my kidneys, but I had a chance to like talk to him and I was like, um, you know, can you show yourself to me? And he was just kind of this, like semi-regular like George Clooney kind of looking guy with like gray hair and like, that's not a regular looking guy just to warn you yeah, that's exactly. an incredibly <laughs> good looking man and, 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 by the way Devin yeah. can tell you guys so, I look a lot better than this in person it's the computer's making me look bad <laughs> yeah I look a lot better than this in person too so don't worry yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so and, and you know he was able to kind of like talk to me and like answer questions and um, you know I still have dreams to this day day where you know like I know that I'm in the presence of you know entities that are not of this earth mm -hmm. um, and I also believe as well that a lot of the entities that come to visit me aren't actually from outer space they're from the center of the earth um, because that's that's what I've been shown and that's the other kind of place that they would take me is they put me on um, so basically I believe that I physically teleported to the pyramids in Egypt and then went in these um, multiple 10,000 year old corridors beneath the pyramids um, where at the base of them, I got on a spaceship and they took me to the center of the earth to show me what it was like. And it was absolutely beautiful. And there were other people that I knew on the spaceship as well that I like knew in the physical world, like this girl who um, I was like childhood friends with and our moms are best friends too. Um, I don't speak with her anymore, but you know, it's always been this kind of like comforting thing and you know they're like family and so it's like i know that they're like in my house and like you know like checking up on me and doing things and it's like it's nice you know like i so, just like it one of the interesting things some of the other abductees i think and dan might be able to correct me or louise terry lovelace said that when they were brought above the, the uh, aboard a craft like they they couldn't move their head they could move their eyes but they weren't able to physically move uh, and then they, they saw some beings that looked like the, the greys. And then they also saw, uh, and, and I believe Mr. Travis Walton had a similar thing where they saw both the gray looking figures and the humanoid looking figures. So yeah. did you experience anything like that where, where you were not able to physically move and they moved you and only you could move your eyes or something like that? Um, yeah, there have definitely been instances where I was not able to um, physically move, like when they're putting me in the machines where they have to like spin me around. That's happened multiple times. One time I actually got vertigo from it, which was like a little bit uncomfortable and I had to like do that weird like head turn twist thing to get rid of it. Um, 
but you know most of the aliens that I've encountered to are um, are fairly humanoid um, I would say some of the kind of key differences that I see when I know I'm encountering um, you know someone that's not of this earth is they'll have glowing eyes mm -hmm. like glowing white or glowing like pale blue eyes or they will be incredibly tall like eight nine ten feet tall and I'll be like down there like looking up on them or another kind of characteristic thing is that they will be like incredibly skinny um, like they look like somebody who's like never eaten, um, in their life. Um, but I, I haven't seen, um, like, like the aliens with like the massive, like googly eyes or anything like your typical, like, like stereotypical, like movie type alien. Um, really all of my encounters have been with the like humanoid looking type. Um, and sometimes even they make themselves invisible. Um, and I think it's just to kind of like buffer the shock. Um, and and be gentle with me, you know. <laughs> so it's, there, there is a form of animals as well. Um, that's another thing. It's like I'll get um, like in dreams, I'll be like talking to a bear or a horse or something like that, and it'll be interesting because like um, like one time I had like a horse like lay on me, um, and that's I like I can't tell you how, but I I knew that it was an abduction. I knew that was the, like they were doing something to me. Mm -hmm. um because it just felt incredibly heavy and interesting so i guess that's another instance where i wasn't able to move um but yeah wow um jesus i've got so many questions yeah uh i do remember travis walton saying the thing that they didn't really pick up on the film was that when he was hit with this beam and they and it sent them almost flying um that they then took him aboard to heal him. It wasn't an experimentation kind of thing. It was like, oh, they hurt him and they brought him up so they could fix him and, and basically drop him back off. So it's just interesting that you were saying that. It, so, you, so like you, the, the diseases that you were dealing with, all of these personal uh, issues that you were going through, you, most you said everything is pretty much gone, but the Lyme disease? Um, no, everything's gone. I, I definitely wow. don't have Lyme disease anymore. Um, I do not live with any physical discomfort at all whatsoever. I would say, I mean, like the the things lingering are like incredibly minute. Like I, I can't bend my toes back all the way, like my one big toe. Um, yeah. I think my okay. bone is like calcified a little bit there, but it's yeah. like, it, like it still bends like my foot works fine right that's, right that's the only thing that's like left over from the Lyme disease is that little bit of calcification but yeah. I am incredibly healthy I don't even get a headache you know I like I don't need health insurance I don't tend to get sick I even got yeah. coronavirus and <laughs> like went through it like a champ you yeah. know um wow. so, yeah I'm um, I was gonna say um you said that you read a couple of books by an author that that were, in your opinion, gave you some answers. Yeah. I have um, a theory or a question as to what you what you think these entities. You said they're aliens. You're pretty much convinced they're they are extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, what makes you think that? Like, what makes you one hundred percent? How, how do you know 100%? Because I, I, I want to, there's a couple questions here. 
I want to know what you read that made you comfortable and sort of gave you the the answer. Oh my God, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of want to know where where you how you know what they are and and then there was the third thing was you know we always hear like Mitchu Kaku or Neil deGrasse Tyson say well if you ever get abducted you know grab something take something back with you so that's it seems to me like that's a silly steal thing to steal Devin steal take something up. you know yeah. like take a take a take a you know, give, give in to those instincts. Um, you know, but that's always a line that I like to that that those scientists like to use. But I always think yeah. to myself, well, I mean, you know, if these things are traversing, uh, and the stories that we're hearing is people really don't have control when they're in the situation. Um, you know, so I kind of think that kind of throws that out the window. I mean, I kind of answered it myself. But the other two questions I am curious about, and again, if you don't remember, it was just the, the thing that you read that you you seen that was very was familiar. Dolores Cannon, I believe, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I've read, yeah. yeah, I've read most of Dolores Cannon's books now, and I started reading them um, like after that really, really vivid abduction. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had never, um, yeah. I mean, and and after that very vivid abduction as well, it basically brought clarity to abductions that happened before that that I was very very uncomfortable with. So one of the things that happened when I was um, withdrawing from the psychiatric medications is I went into an incredibly severe psychosis. Like I was functioning at the level of a schizophrenic, at the level of a person who's like homeless and yelling in a trash can. Mm. Um, you know, it was a very difficult time. I couldn't sleep for more than thirty seconds at a time. Um, my body was just in complete upheaval. Um, and I was also very suicidal. And um, so some of the objections that happened around that time were scary to me um, because I was terrified of everything. And so finding the Dolores Cannon books um, was really part of um, my healing journey because um, it basically you know, took the experience that I'd had and just colored them in differently, hmm. you know, um, and, and just helped me to understand like, okay, like I was scared, but that was like my perspective because my body was so unhealthy and just hurting so badly. Um, which I'm sure you guys have witnessed in your own lives is that like, you know, maybe you had like a bad breakup in the past and then like years later down the road, you're like, you know what, that wasn't that bad. You know, yeah. like you, you kind of like recolor your trauma, um, yeah. you know, and see it just kind of in a different light. It doesn't change the thing. It, it's the perspective on it that changes. So yeah. that was Dolores Cannon. Um, that Can I, me. Well, yeah. but, okay. But I, cause I want to ask you a very, very personal question. Yeah. And it's, I, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to ask you, what was it that you read though? That, that specifically that Dolores Campbell said that you said that, what was the example she used that made you go, oh, this is different? So some of the things that Dolores Cannon talks about is, mm -hmm. um, you know, so all of her books are basically documenting the type of hypnosis that she does, which I do her exact same method. That's how I got into it was by reading these books. So during the hypnosis, um, she was basically able to bring people into such a deep level of trance that she was able to reach their subconscious is what she called it. But she was using the word subconscious to refer to that all knowing part of the mind, that part of the mind has that has been recording your entire life. 
And um, so she had a bunch of other people who had been abducted come to her and do her hypnosis and then receive answers on what actually happened. So a lot of these people had sometimes exactly the same or very similar experiences to me. And what was basically said about them was, is that, you know, the, the aliens and those kind of, um, you know, entities from other dimensions that were here to visit, um, they were actually helping those people. You know, it didn't seem like help at the time, you know, with those people because it was very scary to be taken on a ship and to have your body poked and prodded, you know, or to be in those spinning machines. But it was to make adjustments to the body to acclimate to this time that we're living through. And Dolores Cannon documented the future very well in her books because they talked about, you know, the shift into 5D and this incredibly auspicious time that we're living in. Like, I'm sure you guys probably realize this, but, you know, for all of the future podcasters who will be listening, I absolutely love talking about this. So our earth has been in darkness for thousands of years. You know, we have suffered for thousands and thousands of years and our our earth is collectively waking up because we finally have a chance to see the suffering on earth end instead of the world ending like what happened in Atlantis and, and, and in other civilizations before. And so that was the other thing that Dolores Cannon talked about very heavily is our purpose at this time to basically uplift the vibration of the earth and that's what these visitations um, were really doing is basically working on my body so i could handle higher and higher vibrations so i can fulfill my dharma which is to you know make an energetic deposit on this earth to love as much as i can to be as kind as i can to treat every single moment as if it's precious and that was very, very consoling to me um, to know, A, that I'm not just like a waste of space, um, B, that I'm not alone in this thing, and you know, C, that there was a purpose to all of yeah. my suffering, and, and that the greater reason for it is, is that you know, by overcoming all of the things that I overcame, I'm raising the vibration of the earth and basically leaving a higher legacy than I came in with, you know, because karma is like this brotherhood, you know, we all get a piece of the karma, we all get a piece of the suffering. So we're all in this thing together. Um, And so I felt like, okay, like I see my my upward trajectory, like I'm resolving my piece of the karma, I'm doing my job. So it's, it's that kind of stuff that she talked about that made me see like, okay, like, this is a good thing. Because, you know, obviously, like, I, like I said, I'm not a waste of space. I've got a purpose here, you know? Okay, so, and I'm sorry, you guys, if I'm, please tell me if I'm hogging, if you want to ask a question, just go You're hogging everything, please. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so, so, I mean, damn, DJ, I didn't think this was going to be as interesting. No, it's okay. I was just going to say that the the one guy, uh, the, Dan probably remembers his name, but the captain from the like Maelstrom Air Force Base, the Latino guy that spoke at the National Press Club said, the message I'm getting from these guys are, what are you guys doing with these nukes? And that yeah. kind of goes along a little bit with what Devin was saying about the Earth. Because yeah. why would they care what, why would he get the impression, you know, that they're hovering over a nuclear silo with and mm-hmm. shooting a beam down into uh you know a minute man three uh if they didn't care about what we were doing here and also the children from zimbabwe had a very similar message anyway go right ahead louise 
Um, well, I'll double down on what you just said, but I have to ask this question because it just, it needs to be asked. And it's a very personal question. And I'm not asking this question because I, I'm trying to paint you in a bad light or I don't believe you. Um, yeah. But when you first started experiencing these things, it was during a time when you were schizophrenic and, and doing a lot of drugs. Okay. How, and I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. How do we know that it's those drugs and that abuse to your body that you did maybe for, I mean, how many years would you say? Oh God. Like I started abusing drugs, like, like as soon as I could get a hold of them, you know, yeah. it really kind of started like when I was in middle school and high school. So it was a very long time. And yeah, yeah it was really as I, as I was getting sober, um, right. that, you know, I started having these spiritual experiences. So, right. Well, yeah. the reason, the reason why I ask is because of course you're going to get the person who says, well, you know, she was on drugs and, and, and is a, uh, diagnosed yeah. schizophrenic so how do we know that some of those tendencies aren't bleeding into this new epiphany that you've had you know this new you know, this new way of life that you, how do we know that it's not you know these because you were having delusions at one point in your life right so yeah i mean it's very interesting so i mean I like because you're smiling when I ask the question and I feel like you have a really good answer for it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm not asking this because I want to make you look foolish. I'm asking because I'm genuinely curious because I, I want to know how, how you know, you know, like, and maybe that could shed some light to a lot of people who look at this and go, oh, this is just bullshit. You know, like, this is a very deep and personal question. And then I'm going to, when you answer the question, I'm going to follow up on a theory of what I think it might be that yeah. maybe sort of answer all of these things. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a schizophrenic person is really just someone whose third eye is open, but their lower chakras are in a deep, deep imbalance. Um, same thing with somebody who's going through a psychosis. So what they're seeing is absolutely real, but it's basically in a very, very low vibrational dimension. And that's why it's terrifying um, because the body's vibration is incredibly low. And the brain is like a radio that's basically constantly broadcasting vibrations and broadcasting thoughts and is also seeing things. So Absolutely. I think that everything that, um, you know, you see when you're on drugs or off drugs or, you know, when you're schizophrenic, when you're not schizophrenic, I believe mm -hmm. that all of those things are, you know, absolutely real. And, mm -hmm. you know, my third eye is just as open now as it was then. The difference with me now is that I'm vibrating at a higher vibration because I've healed my lower three chakras. And so I feel safe as a person. Um, and so my perspective is different but it's just a different perspective on the same things. Um, and so, you know, with your schizophrenic person who seems to be seeing things that are delusional and don't make any sense, well, who's to say they don't actually make sense? Maybe the, the people who are judging the schizophrenics, they just can't see those things because their third eye isn't open, or maybe their third eye is open, but because they have those lower three chakras in balance, their perspective is entirely different. Or they just know? don't accept it, maybe. Yeah. And so, I mean, I really think that, and another great example of this too is, is that, you know, so consider somebody who is like an artist or um, like a producer of some sort, you know, like producing television shows. Like one of my favorite examples is, is like I rewatched the Chappelle show recently, which is funny because I don't even really watch TV, but there's this one episode, which was, I'm pretty sure like pre Obama and 
he's the black president, like Chappelle is, and then this yeah. alien comes in, and like the alien is like the black president's right hand man, and mm. there's like basically disclosure. And yeah. so, from Chappelle's perspective, he just made all that stuff up, but he predicted the future. You know, and so it's like if you have an artist who's painting a painting, you know, is it just random? No, I don't think there's anything random. I don't think there's anything okay. coincidental. I think there's always, um, you know, something kind of divine in in everything that we create that you know reflects you know our perspective on life. And so I think that in a way, like the schizophrenic perspective is just like this work of art. You know, it's like somebody can say like, oh, it's baloney. They just made the whole thing up. It's just random. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, if you just start to kind of draw the lines, you know, you can see that, um, you know, many, many different perspectives can exist in the same reality. Um, and, and that's something that we're living through right now. It's like how we're all able to have like all of these different opinions, you know, yeah. and all of these different perspectives on reality. And we're all kind of in search of the truth. Right. You know, so that's how I would basically differentiate that is like, it doesn't matter if I was on drugs, you right. know, like it doesn't matter if I was sober, it doesn't matter if I was healthy or if I was not, you know, that was my perspective at the time. And right. I mean, you know, the other dimensions are so vast, yeah. you know, there is infinity, you yeah. know, so it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, De wait, I, I, I have a question I think is even more personal than what Luis asked before yeah. I pass it on to Dan. Uh, Devin, can you talk about what kind of shampoo and conditioner you use? <laughs> Never mind. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I could tell you that if you want. Look, I made Louis smile. I got him to smile. Man. I did it. And what, he's a comedian. Have I not smiled this No, this but I mean, he's a legit comedian. So anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but but for the for the record, actually, all kidding aside, before I do pass it to Dan, at that time, w w were you at that time in a space where you your thoughts could have been influenced by drugs or were you sort of coming down and not in that space when these began to happen is that a fair question oh yeah no that's absolutely a fair question um yeah no there was tons of you know outside influence as there always is you know certainly the reason why it was so terrifying at the time was because i had you know done a whole bunch of drugs and i was still trying to use some drugs to mask the effects of other drugs i mean you know literally when i uh, kind of hit my rock bottom in life my body was in so much physical uh, like physical pain that i could not e even rest i was having constant sleep paralysis i was having seizures i had a heart problem every joint in my body hurt there was no minute of comfort you know throughout the day i i was in excruciating pain so could that have had an influence yes absolutely could the you know recreational and um, pharmaceutical drugs that i was still using to try to get by as i was becoming sober could that have influenced it yes it 100 percent did <laughs> you know like there's no way that it didn't you know um do i think i still had um some very very divine transmissions during that time yes because that's the only thing that kept me going you know because during this time in my life i was i was asking god i was like can you please like kill me you know i was really really suicidal i was in so much pain um but one of the things that they did was they basically showed me my future they showed me that i was going to keep on living and my future didn't even look that bright 
I didn't even realize it was me. <laughs> and, um, but because they did that, I started to get the vibration of my own future. And I really believe that um, if it had not been for some level of div divine intervention, I think my physical body would have just died on its own or I would have committed suicide. You know, um, it, it was an incredibly difficult time. So yes, absolutely. Like there, there were so many outside influences and, you know, like my whole family was angry at me at this time. So there was that influence, you know, um, the influence of nobody being able to understand what I was going through. Like, yeah, absolutely. So an, an influence from food that I was eating, I was not eating healthy food. Um, you know, on the moments that I could eat, um, I couldn't eat for um, a while there. I was like living on those insured drinks, which aren't very healthy for you. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So it's like lots and lots of really, really negative influences going on at that time for sure. Well, let me uh, so pass it to Dan so we can get a final question from everybody so we can let you, since you probably want to go and, and you did Kundalini <laughs> for an hour and change before this. So go ahead, Dan. <laughs> yes. So one of the things I wanted to, you touched on earlier was Atlantis. And yeah. I'm a believer that we do not know our actual history, that we are a species with amnesia, as Graham Hancock says. Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer that one of the things that we lost is the ability to connect with nature in a way that we do not know that we can. So yeah. um, that, that makes me wonder about your meditation and all of your other um pineal gland type of activities like that's what i think we've lost is our our ability to take advantage of our pineal gland um does that come into play with your communication when you were with them um did did you when you were tell when you're speaking with them te telepathically how did that feel like what how did you know was it two ways or was it just a one-way communication you mean like, was it difficult for me to communicate or? Yeah, like, could you, was there a feeling that came along with the ability? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that part of the ability is the feeling um, because I mean, that's the thing that we're kind of learning, you know, nowadays is that, I mean, we just, we really can't use logic and reasoning to explain the things that go on. You know, we can't use logic and reasoning to explain some of the decisions that we have to make for our own highest good in life. You know, because I mean, the world just isn't working in a linear way in that way anymore, where it's just, you know, cause and effect and one action and the next, you know, we are all collectively connecting with infinity and what infinity can do for us. And so, um, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of my knowing is is really just knowing because I feel it in my heart. Um, and, you know, it's it's very it's very connected to the type of yoga that I do, which is Kundalini yoga, um, you know, because what we're trying to do as Kundalini yogis is, is basically, you know, vibrationally tune ourselves so we can follow our hearts, so we can fulfill our dharma here, you know? And so we're trying to basically get out of our mind, get out of that headspace that's just kind of this linear logic and reasoning one way in and one way out, because that's how you get trapped. And we're trying to connect with, you know, that true and genuine and I love that, um, you know, Lou, Lou Luis was talking about, you know, technology and this, these kind of amazing advancements, you know, isn't it interesting how the technology that we create as humans, it's like from one perspective, we think that technology is smarter than us, but the technology is showing us who we are. 
you know, the technology is doing everything that a human brain does on its own. And so I think you're absolutely correct that we have lost the things that we knew innately when we were, you know, in the Atlantean times, because in Atlantis, you know, babies just knew how to levitate because that's what they were taught. And most of the time people didn't have to speak. They just communicated telepathically. And so we do have this collective amnesia where we've lost, you know, a lot of that, but at the more and more that we come out with these amazing, you know, technologies, like even just the cell phone and the internet is like really amazing. Um, and, and also too, with the coronavirus, we're having the, the bigger chance to all be like zooming with each other, like all the time. And we're noticing that, this energetic can transmission can occur you know without being in close physical proximity to other people and so we're all like really getting in touch with ourselves as energetic beings um and that's what the kundalini yoga really does is it gives you that energy to you know decalcify the pineal gland actually it's not really calcified but just you know get the pineal gland active um and so muscle yeah yeah it's a muscle like you got you got to work it um so yeah, I mean, like it's it's all linked, and um, you know, it's it's it was a slow progression for me. I mean, there's definitely like I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours trying to like astral project at at will, and I can't do it. Um, but I like when I just let go, then I start to have like lucid dreams. So it's kind of like it's it's funny. It's like I've I've tried a lot of things to like open my pineal gland up more. I think Kundalini yoga is the best and and the highest that we have to open up our pineal glands. But it happens differently for everyone. You know, it's like I know I see things that people can't see. Other people hear things I can't hear. You know, we're all kind of on this ride together, and it, and it's a unique experience for everybody. Yeah. So ha have you ever used your meditation skills to try to do any CE5 protocols, which are basically reaching out to the universe and asking for a sign from something above? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do it all the time. I do it every day. Like that's that's what the the, um, the Kundalini yoga is for is like it's not just an exercise. I mean, you basically start to use it as a tool to magnetize the things that you want in life. And so when I go into, you know, my meditations, I really set an intention um, for the things that I want. Um, and, you know, that's how I draw clients in. Um, that's how, you know, a, a DJ recently connected me um, with this lovely woman, Christine, who, um, you know, I really want to teach yoga at her studio. And that was something that I meditated on using the Kundalini yoga so I could draw that opportunity to myself, you know, and I really pulled it out of that um you know, infinite space. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, before I go to bed at night, you know, if I ever have any questions, um, I just ask before I go to bed and I'll usually have a dream about it. You know, it's like, if I want to check up on somebody I haven't been talking to, um, I used to ask quite a bit about what the future was going to look like. Um, and that's when I got taken to the spaceship taken on the spaceship to the center of the earth. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like it's an integral part of my daily life and i think you know we're all doing that we're all realizing that you know even like like our survival is contingent on our ability to work with energy and um one of the things that dolores cannon um you know said in in her books or discovered in her books is that none of us graduate from this dimension if we don't learn how to work with energy and so that's something that we're all working with right now is that kind of like linear physical perspective of like you do this and you get this it's not working anymore you know we have to work on that energy plane to get anything done so yeah 
Okay. Well, I, I do have one more question for you Go that's for specific it. to your first experience. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. We always ask, what did you see? What did you feel? What did you hear? Did you smell anything? Are there any smells associated Good with question, being abducted? I, I don't know if I've ever heard <laughs> anybody question. ask that. So yeah. in that first abduction experience, yeah, I don't yeah. remember having any um, tastes or smells that were out of the ordinary, but there was one abduction experience that um, there was another person um, in the custodians of the book by one of the books by Dolores Cannon, who had the exact same experience as me, where basically they found themselves kind of um, like, you know, the things at the airport where like you hold your arms up and they like whoosh, whoosh, do the thing to like scan you for metal and stuff and like the TSA. Mm -hmm. So basically me and, and this other person that um, she it, that was documented in her book, um, like we mutually found ourselves hanging upside down in one of those places and smelling this like horrible smell. Hmm. Like it, it's like noteworthy in my mind. It was like a combination of like sulfur and iodine. Um, it, it smelled absolutely horrible. Like, you know, so smelly you could taste it. Um, and so that was one like very kind of, um, yeah, vivid smell and taste abduction thing that I've definitely had. Um, I can, I, you know, I can definitely smell and taste in my dreams because I find myself like eating like candies and like other foods like in the dream world, like um, this stuff called like apple foam, um, which is like, yeah, like or like it's not like apple foam. It's like apple whipped cream. I can't describe it, but I've tasted it in dreams. <laughs> so I definitely have that ability. And, and yeah, that was like the one abduction where that was really noteworthy. But in the first really vivid one, I'm not sure I tasted or smelled any anything noteworthy that's a great question it is Luis, yeah, my friend wrap, you can wrap it up brother what you got oh well i um i don't even say so much it's a question i just say something that i've 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 sort of realized here in the last few months is that you say infinity right yeah infinity is not linear yeah it goes in all directions right yeah. so <laughs> My question to you is maybe the or not it's a question, but I was saying maybe these things aren't aliens. Maybe it's us. You know, it's us because if you exist now in this moment in this meat bag that you sit in, that is an <laughs> antenna, essentially, right? We all see these meat bags. I've never um, been described so beautifully as that. That's great. Well, well that's what we all are, right? We're, we're these antenna meat bags. And something, and when the meat bag dies, the antenna still goes on. You know, yeah. the, sig the signal still goes somewhere. Yeah. Um, so my point is, and, and this is scientifically also starting to be realized, yeah. that if you exist right now in this meat bag at this moment in time talking to me, that there are multiple versions of this going on oh, at yeah. all sorts of times in different ways. And yeah. now, but behind us in the past and in the future. Mm -hmm. So this idea that it's not a being that's healing you, it is you. It is literally you from somewhere else another time coming back and and because inspiration is not an original thought and i don't think healing is either 
Um, and it it's as if it's it's grabbed you and and told you and shown you what you're doing and where you're going and that you don't have any choice in this it is what it is and so that's why i would say maybe you know it's not because why would an alien have your interest in best heart and going back to uh what dan said about you know atlantis and all of these other like there have been resets multiple resets on this planet and maybe it's not so much that they're passing this message along that if you don't fix this, this is going to be a problem. Maybe they're just preparing the ones to continue after the reset. Yeah. You know, because there's going to be another reset one way or another. And because there are 8 billion people on this planet, it's not sustainable. It's just not right. Um, No matter how, how we paint this. So may, I think, it's a, it's complete speculation. I have no proof of this at all, but I think it's your experience is, is part of the process of that. Oh yeah. Um, for that, for that next, whatever it is. And I have a feeling, yeah. you know, it's, you're in good health because you're going to be the one who's running around running shit when it's all said and done and we, and it's got to be rebuilt and yeah. farming and, and the things that, the things that we started with in these early civilizations, meditation. Yes. Probably one of the first, even when you hunt, uh, hunting is is one of the first forms of meditation. And I wouldn't let someone very smart, and I want to put you in contact with her, Christina Gomez, who comes on my show all the yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. She will tell you, Dan, uh, that CE5 is just a label. It's meditation. It's just somebody's labeled it something differently. And when she said that, it blew my mind because I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why are we paying this guy $3,000 to go meditate? You can, you can, you know, you can go, you can do it on your own. You can go visit Devin and, and she can help you reach that state in a much more healthier, constructive way, even though she may have this wild, quote unquote, wild story. You know, so I would just say, you know, I'm sure you you have a very good idea of what you're dealing with, but that I, I've never experienced it. I've I've come cl- in these last three weeks. I've come real close to experience what you're talking about, but just without all of the other stuff, where yeah. it's as if somebody's grabbing my cerebral cortex and saying, "Let's go." Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And somebody, you know, had had articulated it to me this way as if that's just you course correcting yourself in a way where you need to go. Because I can tell you, I'm an actor in Los Angeles. I had, this was not my intention. Yeah. It's not where I'm supposed to be, at least in my brain, 20 years ago when I started out on this crazy journey. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> here. You're like, like tapping your third eye. Like, is this thing on? Like, right. right. No, I mean, working? like Lou taught me something tonight because in terms of uh, inspiration, I thought I invented that. And Lou just told me that I did. So thank you, uh, Lou. I mean, um, well, look at Galileo. I look at Einstein. Look at, look at all of these great inventors and painters. All of them, all of them have said, I didn't think of this. It came to me. 
Yes. Intuition. Yes. Nestle's a big it's, fan it's, of it. It's not an original thought is what I'm telling you. So yeah. if it's not an original thought, who's giving it to you? Yeah, I mean, and and that's very interesting, too, I and mean, that, that you really talk about, I mean, it could have been, you know, me healing myself. And I think there definitely is an aspect to that. Because, you know, when I was having visions of the future, was that not my future me, you know, showing me myself, and I definitely have had dreams where, um, you know, me and my future self or me and my past self, like meet each other and like we don't even know like who we are and it's like very interesting and it's like oh my god like is that me and right. i actually um i saw that happen to somebody else in a dream that i had a few days ago where um you know this guy um basically had a run-in with another version of himself from another dimension and the one that was from the other dimension was like Oh my god like they they had this like huge freak out where like the guy was like i have to get you out of here and they were like struggling and i was like trying to help them through it and um so yeah i mean i absolutely believe that there are an infinite number of versions of me you know because there's an infinite number of decisions that i make in my life and so something that i'm still personally trying to fathom is like what like like how am I this version of me you know like what is this like line that I'm on and why is this this version of me if there's all these other versions of me and you know I get to know some of the different like interdimensional versions of me and you know there's also this kind of consideration too of you know where I would be in my life had certain principal people that helped me not made the choice to do so yeah. Um, because it's a choice we make to, you know, fulfill our dharma. It's a choice that we make to help other people. It's a choice that we make to, like, you know, be loving. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, thank God certain people made certain choices, mm. you know, to, like, help me, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, it, and you're it's help, very and you're interesting helping, to them. You're helping others multiple times a week um, in your class yeah. and with what you're doing. So I need, yeah. to, I need to come to your class and hang out. Um, yeah, I must want to move back to Florida. Yeah. Well, d yeah. you know, when, when Dan comes down here, because he comes to the Redneck Riviera. Mid-October. Yeah, we will get mm. to go to Devin's class what? over at Roots. So. Hell yeah. What part, what part of Florida are you guys in? Um, I'm are in you Fort Walton Beach. Yeah, you familiar Fort with like Panama City? Like yeah. in the middle between Panama City and Pensacola is kind right. of, right. I'm closer You're to Panama You're in the Panhandle. City. Yeah. I'm yeah. about 20... 25 miles uh east of where uh devin's at but uh this this in fact this this shirt you know you can see here it's woodstock three days okay. is that an original woodstock shirt no no it is not oh. I, I have, <laughs> oh, I have I a white say, one and what I are you this, doing wearing that yeah, <laughs> put it on the wall uh i have two woodstock shirts uh one white one that's amazing and this one mm. and this one's in honor of devin of course the, the wig is in honor of luis <laughs> and next time I will have uh, something for Dan. I will get an appropriate cap on. Uh, Where Dan? What part of Florida are you in? I'm I'm on the no, no, very no, no, northern part of Florida called Tennessee. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, forget. I forget. I forget. But you 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 spent time in Florida. He comes. Here. I go down there every October okay. and spend yeah. a week at the beach with my night vision camera, staring at the uh, okay. at the skies. Right. What it's, part of Florida do you usually go to to do that? Where, uh, 30A, where I live. 
Yeah, okay. right yeah. between Destin and Panama not, City Beach, like and, and there's an Air Force base down there, so there's always something in the skies. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I work at at the Air Force base that's close to uh, Fort Walton Beach. I work at Herbert Field, the Special Ops base. Eglin uh, Air Force Base has all the fighter jets over there, so we're kind of like uh, we have the you know the MQ9s, the Reapers, the gunships, yeah. the Talons. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, DJ, what do you do? What do you do on the airbase? I mean, I know I only told you I have an hour, but it's really, yeah. dude, it's cool if I okay. go a couple extra minutes. It's I fine. am, uh, I am a right now. I'm ret- I'm retired from the air force. I'm a flight yeah. simulator evaluator, so I go around cool. to the different air uh, air force, uh, all the flight simulators that AFSOC owns worldwide. We go and make a annually to biannual visit and evaluate the efficacy or the fidelity of those simulators when i was active duty i flew on um, combat talons for most of my career and i did a short tour on gunships and the camera that you see in the aguadilla video is the basically the same camera that i shouldn't say basically it's the same camera we had when i left i think we were just upgrading to a better version of that camera so if you have videos that need you know any analysis anything to do with aviation uh if i don't know or i can't make anything of it i know yeah. sensor operators that have ten thousand flying hours looking through sensors uh you know what maybe you can get in touch me uh in touch i'm looking for someone who is has very intimate knowledge of the gimbal uh camera systems that were on the um yeah on on, on those on those fa18s and i want to get them in a room with mick west yeah I, I i don't even know if i would waste somebody's time and i'm going to tell you why yeah because uh when you're somebody and Devin, excuse us real quick because i'm gonna i'm gonna make That's this quick totally so we fine. can get everybody out of here <laughs> um that when you're like a Fravor or Ryan Graves or any yeah. of the, the uh, Wizzos that sit in the back, they go through a significant amount of training on those systems like yeah. I went through on the MX-15, which is on that Aguadilla video, or the MX-20, right. which came after. We all had to go through that training, even though I wasn't a sensor operator. I was a flight right. engineer. Uh, the sensor operators get even more. And a guy, when you have two people in an aircraft, they get a significant amount of training on that system so for yeah. a person like mick west to come right. on and tell a, somebody with that level of understanding of the system oh that's yeah. not what it's doing it's doing it's like dude shut up right. you don't know anything about no, this I, I i i know that i i would understand that fear but Sounds i would like just an idiot. I, I, I know i because, know because there's somebody but, but called us, but, he's, he's not a subject matter expert and fravor right. is so if ryan right. graves said i saw it do this then you're saying he's a liar and the right. system doesn't work like what he said. Well, right, what reason right. would he have to lie, you dummy? Right, And right. make this story no. up. No, no, for <laughs> sure. And that's, I think, I think there's a golden opportunity to point that out is why I want to try and do this. Because because I think it is, look, I've, I've had Mick West on the show. He's a, he's a very cheeky guy. I think he trolls a lot of us on purpose. Oh, yeah, he does. You know, so so I would like to get him in a room with someone who's a real expert on it, and and instead of throwing mud and getting mad, just have him explain the technical facts of what's happening and point out to Mick yeah. 
that you're basically you you're doing the equivalent of telling Michael Jordan he can't shoot free throws. Yes, that's like, what he's doing. Okay, he's, so that's that's what I want to point out. So if you can do me a favor, if you got somebody, if you can think of anyone, I'm not saying make it happen, I'll, DJ. I'll, I'm try, just I'll try to. I'll try to find asking. out. I mean, basically, I need a Navy guy because yeah. I, I don't have that same system. I don't have right. that camera. I right. can find out what that camera is, and I'll ask. I'll ask somebody I know that's in industry that yeah. that was a sensor operator when I flew, and he might be able to direct point me in the right direction. And if I yeah. can, I would definitely help you. When yeah. and when it's an Air Force system, I can definitely help you. Right. I, no, I, I said, no, that's, I'm glad this is why I'm glad I came okay. in here today, you know, because like I got, now I know that that's okay. awesome. That's awesome. Okay. And I'm glad I met all you guys. I'm glad you guys came on here, but uh, what I want to focus on is there's one person among us three that is going to get hypnotized by Devin Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and that's me. Nice, um, nice. I am going to be saving my pennies and dollars uh, as of this week so that um, I can set up something and I'm going to try to relive my experience uh, with Devin uh, and, and so that I can remember what happened. And also, Luis, next time I have uh, I do anything with you, I really want to hear your story um, yeah. in detail because I, think, yeah, well, I, I know why you haven't told it, but mm -hmm. I would like no, to No, I've it. told it. So, I've told it. Well, Ryan, I mean, I Ryan's, haven't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you want, Ryan Sprague, I, I just recorded the entire story for him. So okay. if you want to just keep an eye on his channel and that, that story will come out. If you want me to come back and tell it here, I'll be more than happy to do that. I will. Um, I, yeah, I, it's I, a fun story. It's fun. Okay. okay uh, so, Miss Roberts, yes, let me sorry, take you. I, you know, like, I, um, I feel guilty that you didn't get your own walkout music because everybody <laughs> on my show gets walkout music. Uh, yeah. But we'll save that for uh, for next time. So thank you so much for coming and sharing yeah, your story. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> nice to meet you, Devin. Yes, it was nice to meet you guys too. This was really, really amazing and, and such a pleasure that I got a chance to share with you guys. And I mean, you know, it's not very often that I get to talk to people about this type of stuff. And so um, this was really, really a pleasure. And I hope I get to meet you guys in person and you guys come down to Florida and see us sometime. Oh, that would be cool. And yeah, DJ, definitely have Devin reach out to me and I'll put her in touch with Christina because I think that would be an that. awesome conversation on, her, will, on her channel. I will yeah, do that. Um, I will absolutely do it. So for uh, Luis Gomez, for Devin Roberts, and for Dan Warren, this is DJ San Marco saying peace out, one love, and we'll see you down the road. Peace out. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you, guys.